like you're in tune with my voice. <laughs> Sensational. Nah, I think yeah, maybe. Or it's like it, it, you speak at a certain frequency. It's like <laughs> you know, like cuts into your. So nice how we bonded. Like, like it's like when you've got a child. If someone else's child screams, you don't hear it. Yeah, but if you, it's your own child. child. Goes, yeah. It's like, oh, Charlotte. I, I That's hate like child, me and you. children screaming. Yeah. It's yeah. my pet hate. Is it? Really high pitched screams. Yeah. Like, just, you need oh, some just, of those loops, oh. earbuds, because they take away the. My kids don't do it because they're yeah. not there. Because yeah, he beats them. Do it, and I'm like, <laughs> Matt, you need to sort your well, out. don't come near my kids because my three year old, Jesus. Like, Does just, she scream just, a lot? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. She's in like a weird phase, but you know what I've realised? Deep. Get deep here, right? Okay. Started taking her to daycare, and like she can be a bit of a tyrant, right? Screaming, hitting, scratching, spitting. <gasps> we don't like that, right? How old is she? She's gonna be free in August. Oh, that's normal. So yeah, it's normal. But like, you take her to daycare, and I, the first time when I came back, I was like, right, what's she done? Like, <laughs> she's been great. That that one there. <laughs> yeah, she honestly she's been lovely. She's so nice and whatever, whatever. I took her home. I said, mate. To, to Emmy, I said, this kid's playing with our emotions. She's been real nice to them. And then every week, I'd be like, she's got to have done something. Like, no, she honestly, she's so lovely. And then I sat there and I was like, I said to Emmy, I was like, it's us. It's us. They're loads better with other people. Yeah. No, but you know what it is? Because they're, they're a mirror. Children are a mirror, right? And they reflect <coughs> back what you put Do you to spit? them. And bite. No, uh, but, you don't but no, I don't do any of that. But what I'm saying is, when you get worked up with them, don't you? Because like they stress you out, yeah, they frustrate yeah, yeah. you, yeah. and then it becomes like this back and forth because like they're a mirror. When they go to the daycare, like the woman's like, "Oh, you, all right, darling, come here. Should we go inside and look at this or whatever?" And yeah. I, I just think, oh. "You're so perfect." Yeah. <laughs> I wish that's I was really that good. good. It's not sustainable <laughs> as a parent to do that. It's not sustainable, no, but like not. you feel bad and you know you're wrong when you're getting upset with them and the sign is that they're acting out because of the way that y- you behave to them do you know mm. what I mean they're, they're a mirror mm. and I said to Emmy like let's just try for like three days to just we don't shout we don't we don't we get aggy or negative even if they're just like te- and literally like within 15 minutes this morning I was almost back there oh, and yeah. I was just like just relax yourself breathe they were fighting as he threw a spoon at Kizzy's mm. head <laughs> then Kizzy was just like proper like you know when they want attention like i'm hurt it's like i know you're hurt but like do you really need to scream like that and like that's the usual me Mm. and now i'm just like oh i'm so sorry this happened to you do you need a hug it won't last three days i think that'll make you feel angry yourself what no because i'll just take myself out of the environment Mm. do you know what i mean just try a day relax yeah yeah i don't know i'll let you know i'm getting on in the next one nicola steel she's relaxed yeah. Anyway, is she is she like a lot ca- a lot calmer? She's soft. Is She's she? soft. Yeah, I'm like, don't give me treats. No yeah. treats for the next yeah. four months. That's mm. what we do. We do strikes. So we have three strikes. First strike is yeah. a warning. Yeah. Second strike, they have no treats. The devices, TVs, sweets, the lot yeah. gone. Because we used to do just treats, and then they said there's a psychological thing to that, and you don't want to get in with food and yeah. all that. Yeah, it's like so a, now we do all luxuries. So anything that you don't need but you want, you don't get. And then third is you go to bed early on your own. Strategic. Yeah. HR in the home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it. But HR that gets easier as they get older. I think we should bring yeah. that in here. The strikes. 
No strikes, they're out. No treats. No luxuries. No smoothies. <coughs> no sweet walls. No fish and chip van. No, no Minecraft. No more vans. No sales directors. That, that's why kids Achilles heel, Minecraft. Is it? You take that away from them. Yeah. So Implode. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. just got to get them where it hurts, don't yeah. you? Like, yeah. yeah. No, right. No pub riders. Spoilt little freeloaders, aren't they? We're joined by Charlotte and Sally from Spectrum's Welcome. HR team. And of course, Bax, as always. As always. Um, so today, yeah, we're talking HR, we're talking people, we're talking uh, engagement, that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, we've asked everybody to bring a bit of a topic. Um, and so I kind of want to walk around each individual and just get what, what's your topic for today. So kick off with Charlotte, if that's all right. I what, think what are you talking? I think we're going to do a bit of employee satisfaction versus engagement. Okay. Exciting. What? So what's the difference? Help me out on that then. So I, and I don't think a lot of people know this. What do you think it is? What do you, would you, would you think it was the same thing? Uh, I probably would have done actually. Yeah. Yeah. Just two different words for the same yeah, thing. Yeah. The way I, well, how I view it, yours might be different, Sal, is that employee satisfaction is when your employee, you make your employees, you're making them satisfied, you're giving them nice benefits, you're doing whatever, and they're coming to work and they're, they're plodding on, they're satisfied, they're happy, they're just, you know, but it's more a selfish thing for them. And you risk, you run the risk then of, of having a more self-led employee environment. Whereas engaged employees, it's a two-way thing. So they're engaged, they're emotionally engaged. So it, yeah, what you're giving them is working for the company mm. and for them. It's all yeah. it's almost a mutual it's thing. A collaboration. It's employee satisfaction is it's more about me, me, me as an employee and I can come to work and get what I want, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for the business and it doesn't mean that it's productive. Yeah, because that's it's like not the, driving productivity. Like that quiet quitting yeah. thing, right? Yeah. It's like you can be satisfied because you just I'm getting my money. Yeah. I, I know into you know, I'm last in, first out sort of thing. Yeah. Um but you're not really yeah, you're not engaged, you're, like engaged, you're not really yeah. So bother just going through the motions sort of thing. So, so, that, so I'm, I'm assuming that we should be targeting to get engaged employees as opposed yep. to satisfied Correct. employees. Yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. So ha how, from a HR oracle perspective, how do we achieve that? How do we get engaged employees as opposed to satisfied employees? What a question. What a question on, that is. Come I was on. just thinking, I do agree with what you've said about the satisfaction bit. Throwing freebies and all the things that we've done every month mm. this year mm. we've done yeah. something um albeit a you know a van treats sweets yeah. whatever it looks like um and sometimes it goes like it's taken for granted yeah. does that all fall on the satisfaction side then? yes yeah yeah so the the engaged bit is like exactly what charlotte said it's a two-way street mm. how you how you get that is it's a constant battle um because it does work both ways yeah. and i think trust mm. trust is a big thing and people who care um, is a big thing and I think where standards start to slip um, a little bit or people think well it's alright because just had a bottle of fish and chips yesterday so I'll rock in late or they won't be bothered Yeah. and then it, it can easily slide are you talking about me? no I'm just looking at you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that any different to you? <laughs> just <laughs> do what I want don't I? <laughs> you know what I mean? proper engage me bro no, but, um, no, but you see if I message you up half past ten on the night yeah 
you always you would respond to me yeah. and, you, and you don't need to mm-hmm. you could make me wait so mm-hmm. I would say that you are an engaged employee yeah, yeah. not just because you respond to messages and things but you, you're very very responsive yeah. and you always want to suggest and make improvements and and get involved and it's been actively engaged as well because you can have people who are just they're engaged they're like yeah yeah this is good you know I'm doing my work I'm yeah. doing engaged employees go above and beyond for the business and then we get back so can, like I, can I challenge you because I, I feel like are we putting too much emphasis on the employee needing to be engaged and not enough emphasis on the company and the leadership to create an environment that fosters engagement that's exactly it that's 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 a big role of hr yeah hr's changed so much in the last probably post-covid last five years hr was always a administrative it was your role book it was your mm. hr parasite as back sometimes <laughs> get it move on get over it it was a throwaway comment <laughs> whereas now it's become much more of a core function within businesses it's much more of a strategic role mm. and you hate hearing that don't you backs what here what that hr is a core function of the business no i love it I, mate, i'm a big fan of hr but, mm. yeah look at yeah. our hat look at our hr marketing yeah. hr now is teaming with all the different functions yeah it's massively evolved and providing mm. support and guidance and i've totally waffled on from what the, the question was what was no. the question i think it, honestly this it, is waffle central so <laughs> don't worry it's who's the um, whose responsibility yeah, yeah. is it to create engaged yeah. employees? Yeah. I think it's it's absolutely the, the leadership and the company's responsibility. Yeah, to a certain extent, I think the the employee has well, it's got like to they've l- got to give lead by example, well. though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? It is. Yeah, but, but you you're engaged, I believe, and but you respond at ten thirty at night because you you understand the vision of the business, you understand you know the bigger picture, and you want to be part of that bigger picture. And I think that's what gets engaged employees. It's not yeah. necessarily ice, ice cream vans, albeit. Yeah, you know, ice cream is good as well. Yeah. No, I mean that's the what part is that again? The ice cream runs, the satisfaction, satisfied, yeah, yeah. Although you, you know, employee. could get more. I could be more satisfied. I won't lie, but <laughs> I'm not joking. But do you know why? I f- why I'm engaged? Why? You know, and I think I like that's kind of who I am as a person. But also, it's like I feel like valued. I feel trusted, supported. I feel like my opinion matters. I feel like I'm doing stuff that like uplifts the business and all this other stuff like if i didn't feel those things i probably wouldn't feel engaged so they, you know i'm not saying here but like businesses in general there are going to be these those people that just maybe don't feel valued or yeah. don't feel listened to or whatever mm. and so like what what do you do about that then you've got you've got to make sure that you you've you're valuing and you're engaging the right people because a lot of people say oh, people are your busy, biggest assets in the business I, I don't think that's completely true i think you great people are your biggest assets mm-hmm. so you, you you've got to really focus on those who have potential and i think that's something that we do really well here with our mentorship program and all that kind of stuff on our lnd all the development things that we do you've got to you've got to engage the right people you've got to hire the right people that you know already engaged you've got to engage them from from day up from recruitment i think it's good, Sorry, it's I good point but blind. you're you're saying focus on you your great people as opposed to trying to focus on everybody and yeah probably failing to do the right job with everybody whatever you right? suggest or whatever you decide to to do you're never gonna accommodate for everybody yeah <coughs> so if we say let's all go to the pub on friday some people are thinking well no because they've got family commitments yeah, yeah i don't, don't drink i'll need yeah. to live and breathe this place 24 7 yeah because it's not for everyone some people are thinking i don't want a, 
a boozy do or a great big shindig because everyone's different so it's targeting targeting those people getting feedback getting them involved but when you're putting out questionnaires or surveys or employee engagement surveys if, if they're not coming back to you or filling it in you're sort of bagging your head against a wall because mm. you're saying we've got open door policy come and talk to us yeah um and then you're still none the wiser to say there's the flaw yeah, come yeah. and talk to yeah. us yeah. tell us what you want and i think that's key if we're people we're humans we're not robots and everybody is so different so different things will engage different people. Different things will motivate people. That's why I like this hierarchy, because which hierarchy? Which sorry, <laughs> do you want to? You know which hierarchy? <laughs> which hierarchy is that? Oh, she you're, not, hierarchy. you're not talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, are you? <laughs> Boom! That was perfectly yes, teed up. I am, but I think it's, it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. Tell us more. It's simple, isn't it, Sal? It is very simple. <laughs> it's basically it's a Maslow was a psychologist and he kind of yeah he looked at so it's a motivation theory he looks at what motivates different people and he looks at how in in order to motivate people or employees you have to fulfill different levels of needs so starting with like your basic needs so you you know you need food you need water to be able to do if you think about it at work to be able to do a good job if you're hungry and don't have food and you don't have a house to live in, you're not going to be motivated. That's your basic, basic needs. Yeah. And it goes up, it goes up like in levels. It's like a pyramid. Then you get to your kind of your psychological needs. Mm-hmm. So your love and your belonging. You need to feel part of a team. You need to feel part of like like you appreciated. And then at the very top, you get the self actualization, which is what we were talking about. Oh, don't day. just skip to the top. Well, there's, there's missed five. Out a few steps. I there. might have to get my first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it sounds complex and it's not, not because we've got all of that here mm. already yeah just by the building the environment the place that we're working the light coming through the windows the water the tea mm. coffee there's your basic the, needs yeah yeah all your sort of basic stuff proper basic plus cheers for the light so yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. giving you light there's others out there that are just in a cave no, but that's, maybe, that's that. maybe because you're at a stage within your career in your life where that's not going to motivate you because you already have that you've built yourself mm. up and you're now at this i would say this stage where you so you're becoming self-actualized because you, you you're reaching your full potential yeah. you, you're a creative person you've got the freedom here to be creative and to put your stamp on things so you're at that like hey look at me stage oh well you know it's, it's, it's nice at the top especially because you're, <laughs> you're closer to the light which is a bit of a deal break well, for me. It, sounds, it sounds complex when you say you know Maslow's hierarchy you think, yeah oh, it does right, it sounds cool that? that it, it she, sounds, you love throwing it out it, it, I, yeah it is but it, it's not complex mm. it's a basic understanding of what to provide and what to just and, and how to, to motivate people, kids for somebody yeah. Yeah. yeah like what you would expect when you get out of bed in the morning or you mm. go for your breakfast yeah. or you you come into work you yeah, don't yeah. want to be in a dark room on your own all day absolutely no. not and that's the thing if leaders understand or HR teams understand your employees and where they are in their life what they need to motivate them to the next level then you can you can work on that you can chip away at that and you don't necessarily it's not a, you don't go from one level and go to the top based on whatever's going on you might be in your personal life it might be within your career whatever you may come down a few levels and need that level those needs meeting again so then go back up to wherever and and whatever like for you what whatever your self-fulfillment might look like now in 20 years might look completely different mm. yeah makes sense um standing desks standing that, desks. That, that i think it's the future 
Yeah. But yeah, I think we should definitely get on standing desk. Yeah. Absolutely. That would yeah. fulfill a need. I'd love yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. I don't so, know if anyone um, else has suggested it. Uh, I, I crouch. I like to, like, have you noticed? I like to, like, crouch on the floor. Yeah. yeah. More and more. Now I'm getting more comfortable. I've been here a little while. I'm starting to just crouch. Yeah. People think I'm crouching. People think <laughs> <you're> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Stand up, Steve. <laughs> crouching now. <laughs> what do you mean, crouch over there? I like just. Oh, when you're yeah, in the office? Yeah. A few oh, people, you, more recently, people are like, there's a chair. And I'm like, oh, now I'm just comfortable. You've crouched at that desk over there? Yeah, just, just comfortable. Not for a long time, but if I'm up and about and I'm doing stuff. What do you mean? You want me to actually show you? Well, so I'll like, but it's only because I'm, I'm I'm doing something and I'm going to go again, so I'll just crouch and I'll. Maybe <laughs> my chair's just at the wrong level. Weird kid, <laughs> honestly. Hi guys, just jumping in. I want to talk about one of the services we offer, which is robotic process automation, also known as RPA. That is software that replicates human behavior. So if you've got people downloading spreadsheets, attaching them to emails, going on portals, downloading information, moving data around, all that stuff is perfect for a robot. So if that's interesting, get in touch. Let's have a chat. Let's see if we can help. Enough from me. Back to the conversation. Right, moving on, Bax. What's, what's, your, what's your topic? Oh, do you know what? I don't know because... Did we decide who was getting... No. We, we the saw. podcast is a sham, guys. All right. Like... <laughs> Not on most organised. Can I do? I'll do mine then, right? Yeah. So, uh, one for to debate the table, right? So, I, I've I've worked in businesses before where there's a lot of focus on employee satisfaction, as in surveys and your your performance as a manager was reviewed based on the satisfaction of your team. But my counter to that, which I understand why why they did that, but my counter to it was I felt within that organisation that stopped managers having difficult conversations because. They were always in the back of their mind thinking, do yeah. I want to give this person a bollocking? Because in two weeks' time, they're going to be asking, asked how good I am as a manager and my performance is going to be kind of judged based on that. So the, the question to the table is, how, how much credence should businesses put on employee satisfaction surveys? And is there actually a byproduct of that that people stop having a performance culture? Good question. Wowzers. Regarded. I think that's a real shame if managers become afraid to have those difficult conversations. Uh, we've discussed this before on a previous podcast that HR sometimes have to intervene at, at that stage. But I think with regards to performance, again, where it can easily slide, the managers are accountable, as are the employees. We're all accountable. Mm. We're, we're, it's not like a great big holiday camp. And I think sometimes... The managers have to have those difficult conversations. It's a real shame if they're feeling that they're, they're not able to do so. Do you, um, do you see how that could happen? Because they're more worried about themselves of how they look. Or, yeah. oh, does that mean they're going to give me a bit of bad mm. bad rep? Or, but then the environment must be a little bit toxic for for them to feel worried that the employee can't say yeah. to them, oh, I thought that was you know, a bit of a shame or, or you're out of order or mm. you've maybe overlooked that. Yeah, and then it becomes a bit dictatorial. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, because like you say, difficult conversations need to happen, right? Mm. And we have difficult conversations in all the relationships within our lives. Yeah, mm. and probably on a so like a societal level, we're not good at having those so sorts of conversations. Mm. And like you said, like oh, like give them a bollocking or whatever. Just like maybe don't bollock them. Mm. Then like, do you know what I mean? Have the conversation. <coughs> it's I criticism and stuff like that. Yeah. And vice versa, like they should also feel that they can say to you, look, like I think you've crossed the line there. 
but I think that's that's a cultural thing. For for example, this organisation I think is very good culturally with having difficult conversations. Mm. I think it's just part of what happens every day. Yeah. Whereas other organisations, that is not the culture, yeah. and mm. even slightly difficult conversations are perceived as you know, much much bigger than they probably should be. Interesting. But it's still good to have them because even by seeing that and seeing this feedback as HR practitioners, you can identify that. Mm. That's how you un- identify that maybe the culture's not quite right. Maybe we need to do something. So even though you've got your managers that maybe feeling like, oh gosh, I don't have this conversation because it's going to look bad on my my. Mm. You kind of expect it if you're managing a big team. It's almost like when you get near misses within health and safety, you want to see a few near misses because no business is not going to have any. That's how you improve. Yeah. And I, I see it similarly. We people, they always care the near misses. Yeah. Because we're not robots, mm. are we? So there's always room for improvement. Exactly, um, yeah. Nobody's perfect. Look at it, Pax. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's the finished oh, cheers, article. <laughs> Nobody's the finished article. Everybody's, we're all learning, I think. And so there should be a proportion of the population that are, Going through things like performance improvement plans, I think they are, there's a such, uh, what's the word I'm after around those? Stigma around performance improvement plan. Yeah. That it's, it's, it's a big deal to put somebody on that. Yeah. In certain organisations, in certain cultures. Mm. I think that needs, to, that needs to change. Don't be shy. Drop mm. some names. I think because yeah. traditionally <laughs> it, it's been used, hasn't it, as a vehicle sometimes to get people out of the business. Yeah. It's not always the case. It, it can be a vehicle to improve someone's performance. That's, that's the idea of it. Although, you need to do some Googling, actually. I, did, I read an article from somebody the other day, one of the HR big HR people of a big tech company, that said, if you are put on a performance improvement plan, basically you need to leave that company because you will be, you've got that stigma with you within that company for yeah. the rest of your career. You need to get out. What do we think? I think, again, it depends on that the, the culture of that business. And mm. if that's something that's known within that business, that, you know, when you put on a PIP, chances are it's, it's to get you out then it, it, it depends doesn't it we don't use a lot of performance improvement plans here do we maybe we should yeah mm. maybe we should introduce them and um, use them a little bit more I'm just thinking we do have all the procedures yeah um, you know like just looking at capability and things like that yeah. where you you are trying to get the best out of people and highlight the maybe the, the areas of where they're struggling but then with a timeline and a bit of mutual agreement and some some input from both yeah. sides you want to get the best out of that person. Yeah, yeah. But you want, you need to get it so that culturally, almost every week is a performance improvement plan yeah. for everybody. It's like, you're brilliant, but your performance can improve by doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. This yeah. is more performance development plan, isn't it? <coughs> it's, it's more your, yeah. It makes sense what you say, though. Yeah. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because even for you as the as the employee, it's like, maybe you're already like having difficulties or whatever, and now you've got this sort of Damocles like, looming yeah. over your head. And you're just thinking, well, are they just going to bin me off at any minute? So, you know, I mean, I've seen it in the past where usually the person will just go and look for another job whilst they're doing the mm. prof- the pip, pip, mm. pip. Yeah. yeah. Um, but should we talk about AI? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so, do you like that? Didn't take long. Didn't take long, did it? <laughs> we'll get into AI. Well, you know, balls, we've yeah. got the. Well, we want to talk about AI in the HR world. Fair, well. Before I bring up an article, um, do you guys utilise AI in any way for HR? Do you want to? Is, we, it, is we, it possible? It is possible. Yeah. And yes, we do want to. Um, and there is opportunity for it. Yeah. Recruitment, job specs is a brilliant one. Onboarding. 
There's loads of stuff. I've been a guinea pig actually for our digital team um, as part of that, didn't I? Did. Um, with RPA. a yeah, which just to make things a little bit easier, I'm thinking we need to adopt that ourselves internally, yep. make it a lot easier, yeah, smooth running um, for us, definitely. Is it is that AI though? Um, yeah, AI as a technology, I think is is built into lots of other technologies. It's kind of an underpinning. I mean, you can use ChatGPT, for example, for job for writing job descriptions yeah. as a very specific use case. You can use AI as part of a robotic process automation program to automate the end-to-end onboarding and offboarding of staff. So, m- multiple different use cases depending on it. Sure. Segway then. <laughs> AI making your life easier now, right? But according to this article, it's more likely to replace jobs held by women. And I don't is it a stereotype? Would it be sexist for me to say it seems to me that there's more women that tend to work in HR roles? Is that fair? What's the title of the article? Give me the title. AI more likely to replace jobs held by women. Right, so it Here's is why. stereotypical because then you sort of thinking about what we sell, not plugging it by the way, but with the so finance automation or clerks, secretaries, yeah, financial type yeah. environments. Tend to be if they're dominated by, fe- by females, yeah. yeah, then then that could be So potentially HR. Something. So HR is, is also dominated, That's what I'm saying. dominated by it females. Seems to me, yeah, like usually So yeah, to a certain ex- extent, then yes, the AI bit with the, the automation of the onboarding, the the forms, the abundance of forms that we've got, that bit. However, where you need the intervention of an actual person, I still think HR needs that. Yeah. Well, you love this because I actually used AI to get the key takeaways from that article because I didn't have time to read it. Um, so that's took someone's job away, maybe mine. Um, so here's a, here's a few points. Maybe I'll just throw them out there. If you find them interesting, you can discuss. Um, so, and to be fair, it's still looking quite beefy. Um, a recent study suggests that women may have the most reason to be concerned about job automation. Jobs predominantly held by women, such as bill and account collecting, uh, payroll and timekeeping clerks. I can read, guys. I'm struggling. But executive secretaries, word processors and typists and accounting specialists, so on and so forth, are at the highest risk to be replaced by AI, which is pretty much what you, what you so were yeah, just so saying. Yeah, so that those roles are that's yeah. been very st- stereotypical, isn't it? So, slightly controversial. Is that AI's fault, or is that just how society has just structured itself out that women are tending to go into these sorts of roles, and unfortunately, those are the sorts of roles that just happen to be AI replaceable. Not the only sort of roles that are AI replaceable, are they? We're talking like administrative roles. Most likely, yeah, though. Yeah. yeah. Just just front out there. Controversial. I'm keeping quiet on this, so I'm letting <laughs> Charlotte and Sally do it. I can't say I disagree. I think traditionally females did and do. They're drawn to the, these sorts of roles, right? Yeah, but yeah. times are changing. I think it's a generational thing as well. Yeah. You know, with the, the focus on ED&I and everything that, that we're kind of, we're kind of pushing and focusing on the, the world is changing in that way you know we're seeing much more female engineers we're seeing much more female auth- automation engineers all that kind of thing male pas as well you, yeah you know you do get you do get we're becoming a much more inclusive society aren't we so i think it's more a generational thing so i think that's kind of filtering out anyway yeah so it's maybe you know so do you, do you see a world. future where it's like totally balanced 
50-50 or? I think eventually. I think we're a way off, but I do think eventually we will be. We'll be yeah. I can't agree with that personally. Female pilots. Female pilots. So you yeah. sat on a plane. Well, to be fair, do you know what? It's like, um, remember back in the day, like, there was never women taxi drivers or like women bus drivers. Yeah. Um, and I remember like the first time like a woman pulled up to like pick us up in a taxi and I was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, not just, not cause like, oh, she shouldn't be driving a taxi or whatever, but it was like, so like, or when the first time I got on a bus and a woman was like, one pound 50 please. And I was like, what the hell? Like, this is so <laughs> unusual to me. Yeah. And you get more yeah. and more used to it. And like years ago I filmed, um, and uh, a promotional video for East Yorkshire buses and one mm. of the major pushes within that was like platforming a lot of the female bus drivers and a lot of, a lot of them were saying oh you know it's different now like <laughs> being a female bus driver I mean, I I'm not doing accent. yeah I know they, they, they didn't sound that ridiculous I want to offer you a job well not quite but I do want to talk to you about Spectrum Digital. We are a business that is growing. We're an exciting business and we're a business that is looking for top talent. We've got a great team here that are passionate about business, technology and automation. We're passionate about making people's lives easier at work. And we're looking for people that are like-minded to come and join the team. If that sounds like you, then slide into my DMs. Let's have a conversation and I may well be offering you a job. But um, just saying, oh yeah, like, you know, it's a lot more common to be a, a female bus driver and like, you know, I saw women driving buses and it made me think, oh, like, yeah, I can do that too. So I think even though maybe I can be a bit dismissive sometimes yeah. in this, like, you need to see people doing the role in order to believe that you can do it. I also do think ultimately it's never going to be completely balanced because I use the same example. We're getting off slightly off topic here, but I use the same example of, like, if I went into, like, my daughter's daycare, for example, and there was, like, one guy in there, but the rest were women, I'd be like, huh, interesting. But, you know, like the taxi driving thing, right? But if I went in and there was all men... Can we just have some conversations, Fox? <laughs> I just think I'd be like... <laughs> so it's like a male nanny. I suppose you don't get many... No, you don't. ...nannies no. that are male. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. Like, you don't get many ladies that fly planes. So when you're on the plane and the female pilot comes on and says we're, you know, so many thousand feet in the air and the stag party... At the other side of the plane, go well. This will be a miracle hmm. if she can land this, and yeah, then you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. Which, you is, think, which is a bit. Let's have that discussion. Yeah, now. it's a bit yeah. offensive. But yeah. to the but to, to the daycare thing. I mean, the, the conversation that we started at the top of the podcast. You remember? Can you imagine if you take all the dads that work here and put them into a daycare for the day? I think the kids be, would not survive. I think it'd be some the of the dads, dads wouldn't survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It'd well, be some yeah. of the dads' worst nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. They won't want to be there. Yeah, but anyway, I digressed. Um, so, <laughs> so, so we are we are all saying AI is going to replace more female jobs, females jobs than males. No, we're saying that article is very stereotypical, presuming that those roles are dominated by females. Where is it presuming, or is it looking at data and saying probably most of looking those jobs? at statistics? Yeah. yeah. To be fair, I mean, it says here like the gender-related bias and job market trends plays a role in the high vulnerability of women's jobs to automation. But also going back to kind of like HR, and I think you touched on this in your last podcast that I watched. <laughs> and with like HR, because HR traditionally was an administrative and it has changed because of how the world is becoming much more digitized. Is it digitized or digitalized? I prefer digitized. digitized. As it's becoming more no, digitized. Sorry, digi digitalized. Digitalized. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
there's more, I think there's more of a need for HR. There's more of a need for that human element because chances are we're going to become a little bit more antisocial. You know, more of us will work from home. We'll probably get to a point where we're all just avatars. You never know. There's going to be more need, great need for that human element. There's going to be more need for the well-being side of things. There's going to be more need for counselling and guidance because AI can't give that. It can't give emotion. It can't give <coughs> human judgment. It can't give those things that us humans can and Sal's top dog at. I, I think initially AI will replace more female jobs because I think those jobs are more heavily uh, kind of employed by females at this point in time. But quite quickly, AI will advance to the point where it actually starts to take over jobs like engineering mm. jobs, software development jobs, and those jobs are actually more male dominated. <coughs> and then I think, well, what's left? And I think you're right. It's kind of it's more about human touch, human relationships, building rapport. Yeah. And that's actually more female dominated than yeah. male or a real strength of, of females yeah. typically. So yeah. I think they'll come back Interesting. in. Interesting. Like it. There you go. Yeah, the revolution I, I will it. be televised. It's right. almost like a little bit like how us as humans, we've, we've, we've been a bit greedy, we've been a bit selfish, we've ruined the environment. Now we're using technology to reverse that. Mm. And I think maybe are we going a bit too far with technology that then we're gonna need to bring humans back going to be a battle of the robots yes Greta Thunberg I like it I um, I say scrap the lot universal basic income let's yeah. get going we've had I this agree. debate <laughs> you, and I'm pretty sure I won was that, that was last week like in, like in like Cuba like before it's what's the word communised Cuba yeah. yeah I mean massively successful economy it's going really well yeah, it's not, it's not, not proper <laughs> communism is it I mean I don't know that much about communism so just give me some money and don't all make me paid, so in Cuba are they all paid regardless of their job the same wage is that true somebody told me that I mean, that, that is that is the foundations of kind of communism yeah. I don't know whether that's correct in, no, I don't no, think I it don't is think anywhere in the world does that no. this is what they told us and that the, they said that like your you richest people are you those that get tips like your taxi drivers and you because they get, yeah. they get tips they're all just so happy everybody was so nice I mean probably because they wanted tips but yeah, fair, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, that's um, where we're going wrong. Till AI rocks up and starts driving. Yeah, the first time we get into an AI-driven taxi. So it's like going to happen, isn't it? It's, it. it's not going to be far off. It's, it's going to happen quite quickly. What that frightens the, me. How quickly do you reckon? Within three years, your taxis will be driven by AI bots. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I think you're not all of them, but there. there'll be there'll be there'll be some. It'll start. Interesting. I just don't know if I'd trust it. Trust what? Like even now, I won't go into cruise control on my car because I just think I just don't trust it. Too much of a control. What do you mean you don't trust it? What if it goes wrong? It's it's one less step, though, isn't it? I know. I it's just. It, I just don't. Now I, don't, I can rest my leg. I even don't like, like it. Don't you? No. I'm always car. doing it. Yeah. Cruise control. I, I do it when it. I'm driving down a fair, like a fair zone. You're not in control. Yeah. The, the cruises. You need. Well, I am at because I'm ready to press the brake at any second. Like I'm totally in control. No. So really. So you, you two just be like shit scared to, to to do it. I'd do it, mate, because aren't you scared of all these other humans just driving around looking at the phones, mm. not paying attention. What, what's the stop technology going wrong? What's the stop, stop humans going wrong? going wrong? There isn't. Is there more of a chance of technology going wrong than humans or vice versa? Probably not. I think humans are more, flo- are more like, hum- for example, I mean, we almost do it right occasionally, even if it's at the lights phone pings give it a quick check I should hope not start texting oh oh 
the lights take on. Oh, I am pretty sexy. Oh, what are we gonna do? Oh, I've crashed. If only I was a machine. <laughs> um, I think so. But anyway, so this technology exists, doesn't it? Teslas are driving around California. Yeah, yeah. Self-driving. And nothing's happened so far. Well, yeah. there's been a couple of incidents. The, the, the thing is, and this is like you know the cold heart of a Steve Motley would appreciate mm. this. You HR softies won't see it like this, yeah. But the the argument is, is it's like, well, let's say, I don't know, 50,000 people a year are killed in car accidents caused by humans, right? And if you, if every car is self-driving, mm. the AI will still make mistakes also, but maybe the AI makes mistakes to the, to the tune of 10,000 casualties yeah. a year. But, as a society, we won't be able to we won't be able to look at it and go, well, that's forty five that's forty thousand less deaths. We'll just look at it as well. AI's killed ten thousand yeah. people. It's not yeah, safe. We right. can't use it. When logically, we'll know it's actually saved forty thousand lives yeah. that would have otherwise been lost. So, how do things then? How, what's regenerative AI? What if that starts happening? Like in the film Megan, have you seen it? I am. My daughter watches like weird clips of it on YouTube. It's like a horror movie, and yeah. they they. It's not right. It's not right. Sorry, the little girl and her parents die, so she goes to live with her auntie, who is a toy maker. But she's a she makes like robot toys, basically, yeah. and she makes she hasn't got the time to look after her, so she makes her this human doll. Yeah. <gasps> she calls it Megan Bot Three Thousand or something like that, and she makes it. She programs it so that it keeps her safe. But actually, mm. it's regenerative. Regenerative. You're talking, Matt. <laughs> N- new to me this so go she, on, go she on. then so like, then her brain like develops and as a robot she gets her own thoughts and she takes it one t- step too far and she does whatever it takes to not have this girl threatened by anything so she starts killing everybody mm. it's awful what if that happens because that's the risk of True. ai we have actually had this discussion before. yeah what yeah. happens when it goes hang on a minute i can think for myself switch them off <laughs> this this that, is that, that was the mistake on that film Megan bought three thousand. No, she, <laughs> she learned to override the switch off button. Oh, did she? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's she, what this happened. is the argument around AI that it will because you know you want to program AI to be robust, so you want to fall back to this data center if this happens, do this, yeah. and the argument is it will self learn to the point that it will think well, it will like preempt the switch yeah, off. I need to protect myself, and it will then start to become uncontrollable because it's it's kind of taken that to an extreme. HR servers, what we're gonna do. <laughs> I was well, I was gonna go full nerd mode then with AI on like a production line. Yeah. Thinking of the Teslas and the, where that sort of intervenes, but I preferred the, the Megan story. <laughs> Megan <laughs> I, was, uh, I, did. I thought Megan was a shark. I was way off. I, I, yeah, met this Meg. No, that's Megalodon. the Meg. Meg. Yeah. Megalodon. Just on AI, I, I do think HR people need to have a really good grasp of of the potentials of AI yeah. because when you're recruiting roles, you need to be thinking, A, do I need to recruit this role? Or does is there an AI capability that yeah. would allow me to not recruit it and do something else using technology? Yeah. Or does AI change the nature of this role from what I would have recruited five years ago? I think in a good way, I think AI would, would can change the world of HR and really, HR practitioners can really leverage on that. How much time do we spend doing admin and uh, yeah, loads. onboarding? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. really a huge chunk of my role time consuming you know and when we would rather and i think the business would benefit from us spending time doing other things but it needs to be done for legal reasons or whatever it might be it has to be done even like with recruitment so when you when you talk about ai 
is that how kind of like LinkedIn searches work? You know, like Boolean searches, and when you when you search for keywords and you you put in whatever in, and you know whatever system generates all of that and brings you all these. Is that how? Is that similar? Um, I don't think that's really no. AI. That's just old-fashioned kind of search database yeah. looking for keywords. Um, but I think there is there is loads of opportunities with AI, not just in HR, but I think HR needs to be thinking about it from the, for the rest of the business as mm. well. Yeah, for like employee security, like job security and stuff like that. Just anybody coming to you saying, I want to recruit this role, HR need to have an understanding of the potential of AI because you need to be able to challenge that individual to yeah. say, are you sure you need to recruit <coughs> that role? Because actually, can you not use some technology yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. do some of that? Yeah. Or do you need to recruit that role in the, the status that it currently is? Yeah, I agree. Because actually, can 40% of it be done by robots or, yeah. or AI? I think we're good at that here. Obviously, I'm biased, but mm. we could be better at it by practicing what we preach. Mm -hmm. And I know that was a big thing from the AGM, um, particularly to sort of focus in inward, and yeah. to look inward and to improve processes and things like that. When, so when, when was the last time you used ChatGPT? Day before yesterday. Was it? Yeah, but For only what? because Max made me. It was something. It was me that used it. It was something. And no, did you change it? I, I, I did a little bit, yeah. No, but did you change it on LinkedIn? Yeah. This is like a side story, guys. Yeah, I got told Have you off by Bax. Bax was using it at the time. Mm. So I went away and did my own little. Um, my own little on ChatGPT? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Cool. Because I thought. I need to be mm. one step ahead were of you. We were using it to rewrite our LinkedIn bio, basically. Yeah. And literally just typed in three or four things that, like, Sally's achieved and about Sally. And then was like, and make it jovial <laughs> and upbeat. And but it, it come, was, out, it it come out like, hi, guys. And was like, all right, rain it in <laughs> a bit too, too like, jovial. Yeah, yeah, but before that, that was the best time I'd used it. I've not used it before. But then the difficulty of that, as a rec somebody was recruiting, you know, you see this fantastic, because now you can just stick your CV and go, chat GPT, I can't say it, chat GPT, write me an amazing job uh, CV and it'll do it. Technically, you shouldn't hire on a CV alone, but it's a good starting point. So that's making it harder for, I think, for recruitment, because everybody's CV is looking pucker. They haven't actually written but it. But, but I like the fact that they've used chat GPT to write that CV. That shows initiative. It shows that they're up to date with yeah, technology. Yeah, this is true. And this is true. Like and, and also, why would you write your own CV if ChatGPT can do it in sixty seconds? Like, why would you write anything, unless yeah. you like writing? But even still, and you got more important things to do. Like, just ChatGPT, write all this stuff. I've just done it again with this other article because I'm going to segue yet again because I think yes, we're we're closing in. And Go on, um, kick us off. So this article about um, AI improving safety in the workplace. Which is obviously a concern of HR. I just said about that before. Did you think of like a production line? Yeah. Or if you think of like a car manufacturer or something like that, AI would hopefully protect injuries or accidents to humans yeah. later down the line. Hmm. So AI would identify faults in but the process prior to human intervention. Correct. Preventing accidents and yeah. creating a safer workplace. Because we've seen it in like stuff like, um, you've ever seen that video where a guy it's like a circular saw on the table and a guy like puts his hand into the saw to show that like as soon as it detects <sighs> like I, I don't know how it does it yeah it would stop it just stops mm. straight away something comes up and it like book it like buckles the mm. the saw like instantaneously yeah and he's done it with like hot dogs and everything um, it's terrifying stuff but according to this article key takeaways 
listed for me by chat gpt so i don't need to read the article because that's what is that steve it's working smart smart not not hard there you go oh. that was i had to really <laughs> did, did figure yeah. that out yeah. i wasn't expecting it <laughs> steve was off thinking i'm, I'm gonna get a sandwich some, <laughs> of the, some of the key takeaways as you say is that it reduces risk because it's better monitoring worker behavior detecting hazards identifying machinery issues yeah max and spencer successfully reduced workplace incidents by 80 percent wow didn't know it was so dangerous to work at max and spencer. <laughs> <laughs> um ai acts as an additional set of eyes that keeps colleagues safe and enables proactive action and focus training and you can maybe even go a step further and say it also makes sure that like certain people are bullying each other and in the workplace or you know maybe inappropriately you know touching people or whatever but then does it could it potentially get to a point where like you know like in china they have this um the all the cctv it's monitoring everyone's behavior they get like a social credit score oh. and <gasps> based on like you're always like crossing jaywalking and not crossing the road at the crossing. Oh, it makes me feel really claustrophobic. That does And then basically, yeah. if Ooh. your score is too low, then let, let's say I came for a job interview and you went, oh, well, CV looks good. I presume chat GPT wrote it, yeah? Um, <laughs> but your social score, it's 42%. You've been jaywalking. You've been not putting rubbish in the bin. I don't think <gasps> you're going to be a good fit here. We only hire people that have a 56 score or above. <laughs> So there's there's risks there. That's all I'm saying. It's proper Orwellian, isn't it? It is a little bit, yeah. Is that where also where we're getting where we're going? That's a Black Mirror episode, isn't it? Have you seen it, Black Mirror? It literally is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. But it's based on that concept from China, which is mad because then that's almost turning us into robots. Well, basically, yeah, because we we have to basically play like a character, you know. But do we anyway at work? Yeah. Well, not necessarily. Extent. I don't. What do you reckon Maslow <laughs> thinks? We'll have to ask him. Ask yeah. chat GPT. Let's get him on next time. Ask him what he thinks. Yeah. I think sure he's dead. He's alive. <laughs> <laughs> Is he? We'll do our best. Yeah. We'll get chat GPT to... Well, where, yeah. Where's he buried in Russia? <laughs> <laughs> good. Right. Should we Should we call it a day? Yeah. I think that's a good place to stop it. It's, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Charlotte, Sally, thank you for coming on. Thank you for thank having you. us. Will, you, will you. you come again? Yeah, I'm going to be really worried now about every cv that i read so yeah we'll come again maybe you can ask chat gpt to read it and say to it did you write this just get lost down the rabbit hole yeah yeah just keep it simple gpt rabbit hole yeah i won't read cvs anyway uh did you read mine no probably not didn't submit one you interviewed us basically video cv wasn't it it was yeah, yeah it was yeah different i like it yeah cue, cue the podcast theme tune <laughs> <laughs>